What's up everybody? Good morning. Welcome to our Sunday morning online Water's Edge worship experience. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. Thank you so much for tuning in. This past week we were supposed to have a big truck with supplies, cleaning supplies and buckets was supposed to come this past Tuesday. They got stuck in Kentucky, but they will be here in two days, this Tuesday, the first, from eight o'clock to one o'clock. So if you would like to volunteer and help us unload that truck and give those supplies out, you can absolutely come and do that with us. We'd love to hang out with you. If you need some cleaning supplies, big buckets full of cleaning supplies, come get it, spread the word. We'll be doing this for our community. A couple of weeks ago, we started a brand new series entitled Make a Splash. And the study has focused on this, overcoming those roadblocks in our life that keep us from joy. And we all have those roadblocks. Everyone that I know is on a very specific mission and that mission is because they're searching for one specific thing. But most people that I know primarily are not searching for truth. Most people that I know primarily are not searching for holiness or growth or wisdom or knowledge or character or integrity, even though we do at times in our life search for those things. But the main quest that everyone's on, I'm on it and you're on it too, is a quest for joy and happiness. We're all on a mission today to find joy and happiness because deep down we know that would give us peace. And we'd all be lying today if we said that we didn't want to live with peace and happiness. I have a friend of mine who's currently living a very, very complicated life extremely. And every time I see him, I can tell that he's very, very exhausted on the inside. He's just tired on the inside. But before I tell you more about his story, let me first tell you this and remember this today. This is what will drain your soul of real joy and real happiness. Notice this, image management, emotional exhaustion, and hiding the truth. Trying to manage our image, emotional exhaustion, and running from the truth. So many unhappy people that I know today are unhappy because they're trying to outrun something in their life that they don't want to deal with. And it could be anything. It could be a secret, it could be a weakness, it could be a lie, it could be a personal battle, it could be a personal storm, it could be personal hurt. And so they're constantly putting forth this image that everything's okay, my house is burning down, but y'all want some coffee? And then they have this exhaustion set in because they're trying to keep up and keep this thing from coming out in their life. But this is what can actually help put life and peace back into our heart and back into our life. And remember this today, if you're still with me, Sam, I'm still with you, honesty connection, and grace. Chances are the people that we don't want to be honest with would give us much more grace than we know, and there'd be a much greater connection if we just faced what we need to face and deal with what we need to deal with and come clean with whatever we need to come clean about. Well, this guy that I know for some reason cannot bring himself to that place in his life, and you can tell he's a bit tortured over it. Every time I see him, every time I talk to him, his countenance is just so down. You can tell that he's so tortured by what's going on on the inside of him because he hasn't shared it with the people that matter the most. He shared it with me, but I'm not really the people that he needs to share it with. He came to me for advice and prayer and help and support, but the people that he needs to share it with are the people that it's hurting, and he hasn't brought himself to that place yet, and so he's exhausted. I was at the doctor this past week. I was getting an MRI, and as I was sitting down in the waiting room, I ran into another friend who's also friends with the subject of this story. So we have this friend in common and we begin talking about why he seems so unhappy all the time. And he made this statement to me and I never will forget it. He said his mind always seems to drift off into self-pity and tragedy over what he's going through. And that's exactly what our friend does. He has created this exhaustion in this life by running from the truth. 
And so because of that, he always drifts over into tragic thinking and unhappy thinking. He's running and he needs to deal with it because it's hurting the personal relationships in his life and it's draining his soul of joy. And when we don't have joy, we don't have peace. And when we don't have peace, we don't have happiness. Now, let me ask you two questions as we go on. And I want you to hang in there with me because this is going to be a little bit tense right now. This is going to be sort of heavy, sort of uncomfortable, but don't tune out. But notice this. How would you define the word sin? And can guilt ever play a positive role in our life? Now, don't tune out. Don't, don't say, man, I don't want to hear about this kind of stuff. This makes me too uncomfortable. Hold on with me for just a few moments. Growing up, especially in church, many of us were taught that sin was something that we did that actually offended God or how they painted God to look like. And so for us, sin was a list of do nots, a list of don'ts. Don't do this, don't say this, don't listen to this, don't watch this, don't think about this, don't try this, don't get addicted to this, don't act on this, don't, don't, don't. And so what happens for a lot of people is that they develop this checklist of things that they don't do and things that they shouldn't do as a Christian, checking off all the boxes. I'm not such a bad person, I feel, because I don't do all these things. I don't do this, this, and this. But this, this, and this is not really what's important because that's just mainly surface stuff. A lot of times we convince ourselves that we're okay because I'm not watching bad movies. I'm not listening to bad music. I'm not saying too many bad words. I'm not selling drugs. I'm not partying with the heathens. I should be okay because I'm not doing all these things that I'm not supposed to do. Okay, but what about this? Is there a better way to understand sin? And can guilt ever play a positive role in our life? And we need to start understanding this because if we don't, then we're not going to allow God to make those necessary changes in our life. Now, you may not be doing much on the bad generic sin list, but are you doing something or hiding something or acting in a way that's actually hurting yourself or hurting other people? Because we can break our own hearts too. Check out what Jesus says in John chapter 10 and verse 10. Notice this. The thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. But my purpose, says Jesus, is to give them a rich and satisfying life. So understand something right now. Temptation, whatever it looks like for you, is trying to kill, steal, and destroy in your life. Kill, steal, and destroy our peace, destroy our joy, destroy our happiness, our reputation, our relationships, our empathy, our love, our compassion for others, our connection with God. Basically, and this is the best way to remember this, and this is so important. If you're still with me, Sam, I'm still with you. Sin is what causes harm, harm to others and harm to ourself. Now, again, we may not be doing all the typical bad things on the church's sin list, I'm not smoking this, I'm not drinking this, I'm not saying this, I'm not listening to this, I'm not watching this, I'm not hanging out with the bad people or all those types of things. But what about this? What about this? Are you breaking somebody's heart right now? Are you making someone feel less than? Are you making someone feel lonely? Are you making someone feel not good enough? Are you hurting someone else's self-esteem? Are you manipulating someone? Are you making someone feel guilty for something that you did or are you harming yourself? Here's a great way to look at temptation. It's when we do something or act in a way that's going to create sadness in others or eventually ourself. Sin is harming others or ourself. Steal, kill, destroy. But Jesus said he came to give us a rich and satisfying life. Say, Tony, what does that mean? We know what that means on the inside. Richness on the inside, which is a life of peace and joy. Again, what will steal your joy is image management, emotional exhaustion, and running from the truth. But what gives our joy back is honesty 
connection and grace. Now, we run from that guilty feeling, don't we? We even tell people, don't judge me. Don't put that guilt on me. And trust me, I get it. But let me just say this. We should feel guilty about doing things that harm others or harm ourselves. But understand the purpose of it. And here's a big shocker for you. And remember this today. Notice this. If you feel guilty about something, change it. Stop it. Apologize for it. Open up about it. Then you won't feel guilty anymore. See how that works? Let me say that again so you catch it. If you feel guilty about something, change it. Stop it. Apologize for it. Open up about it and then it will be released off of you and you won't feel guilty anymore. Again, what will still kill and destroy our peace and our joy is image management, emotional exhaustion and running from the truth. But what gives us life back? Honesty, connection and grace. If we run from guilt, then we'll find ways to start to justify ourselves. And if you do that long enough, then you start to sear your conscience and you lose your convictions. Again, that's when we develop patterns in our life of hurting people over and over and over again. That's when you wake up one day and look back on your life and you say, I did it again to someone else or to myself. Jesus came to break that pattern and he came to give us a rich and satisfying life of joy and peace on the inside. So understanding all of that, I need to make this clear today. There's two different types of guilt. There's healthy guilt, and then there's unhealthy guilt. We've established what healthy guilt is. You should feel guilty for doing things that hurt other people in your life or harm yourself. And so, if we don't, then we don't ever make those positive changes in our life that we need to change. If you have patterns in your life that hurt yourself or hurt others, here's the deal. They need to change. You say, Tony, that makes me feel bad. I don't care. If it's true in my life, then it needs to change in my life too. Sometimes it's okay to feel bad. Sometimes we need to embrace guilt so we can let God into that area of our life and change that area because we keep hurting other people or ourselves. But we can also deal with a type of guilt that's false and very unhealthy. And this is when either someone does something to us that makes us feel like we're not good enough, and so we start to feel guilty about how we've been made to feel about our flaws or, ina- or in- inagu- inadequacies, excuse me, our inadequacies. And so someone does something to you or something happens to you, and all of a sudden you start to blame yourself for it. And you start to blame yourself because you start to pick out all of your flaws and all of your mistakes and all of your brokenness. And you start to let this false guilt come on top of you. And it's almost like we fall into this trap of believing how other selfish people have made us feel about ourselves. We feel that we can't meet anyone's expectations and we feel that we can't meet our own expectations. And so we have this heaviness on us, this guilt on us, and it's an unhealthy guilt because it happened to you. It's a false guilt. And so here's some expectations that I want to cover with you today that we've placed on ourselves that create unhealthy guilt in our life that we absolutely need to stop. The first one is this, and remember this. Stop expecting life to be easy. Life is hard. Life is difficult. You will experience major, major challenges in this life, major relationship challenges, major health challenges, major financial challenges, major circumstantial challenges, challenges in this life. But that doesn't mean you're doing it wrong, and that doesn't mean that God's against you. Life is life. In fact, the Bible says that we have to face the necessity of trials so we can grow our endurance and our character. Peter said that, that trials 
are necessary to grow our character and grow our endurance. Stop blaming yourself for how difficult life is because life will always be difficult. It's not your fault. It just happens to us. The second thing is this. Stop expecting yourself to be able to handle more than you have the capacity to cope with. In other words, stop taking on too much to deal with if you know that you can't deal with it and then react in shame when you can't deal with it. I've done that to myself for so many years. I take on too much to deal with. I can't cope with it. And then I make myself feel guilty for not being able to cope with it. I should be better than this. I should have a a more control over my mind than this. I should be stronger than this. And then I feel guilty. And it's a false guilt. And it's not real. You were not designed to be able to do it all or handle it all. Number three, you're still with me, Sam, I'm still with you. Stop expecting your experience to be the same as someone else's. Stop comparing your life and your position in life, and your image in life, and your path in life to other people. Stop comparing yourself to other people's abilities and talents and victories. You're different people. Y'all all have different stories. We all have different histories. And so it's not an accurate comparison. Live your life. Your life is unique. The fourth thing is this. Stop expecting yourself to move through personal pain or hurt easily or quickly. Everyone look right here. Recovery and repair takes time. You ever heard someone say that time heals? That's sort of true. But let me tell you what heals better than time. Healing heals better than time. And slow healing is still healing. And slow progress is still progress. And some of the things you go through in life, you cannot get over in a day or a week or a month or a year. It's something that happened to you on an ongoing basis throughout the course of your life. And so sometimes you have to take time to recover and give yourself that time. Number five, stop expecting yourself to be good at something that you've just begun. You're not an expert at everything and learning and growing is a crucial part in life. And so live by learning and be dedicated to learning. You don't have to be perfect at everything. Number six, stop expecting to be your best self all the time. It's just not possible and it's just not necessary. And that means not beating yourself up if you feel like you're not perfect. God never calls us to be perfect. We can't be perfect. God calls us, like we talked about last Sunday, to maturity or progress. So think this way, progress, not perfection. We will never live sinless. We will never live perfect, but we can devote ourselves to progress. So think progress, not perfection. Get up if you mess up and try again. The thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus said, my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. His purpose, his mission, his quest is to love you perfectly, and he does. To love you eternally, and he does. To love you patiently, and he does. To love you unconditionally, and he does. To love you passionately, and he does. To love you intimately, and he does. To love you madly, and he does. And to love you through anything, and he does. So if you've caused harm, and you feel guilty over it, Good. Let God do a work in your life and break that pattern. But if you feel guilt today and it's false that you placed on yourself by unfair personal expectations or things that other people have done to you, let it go. You're not a machine. You're a child of God. You're not a machine. You're a child of God. And let God love you because nothing, again, can separate you 
from his love. Let's pray. Father, today we come to you in the name of Jesus. We thank you for being a perfect father who loves us perfectly. And God, today we just devote ourselves to progress. And God, we also devote ourselves to making those necessary changes in our life where we've caused harm. We love you. Thank you for loving us first. It's in your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. Thank you so much for tuning in. We love you. We hope you have a wonderful week. See you back next week.